This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's the Morning Majulus. It's the Morning Majulus. Talking the stories that are shaping headlines, plus those that make you go, hmm. Good morning, Sharjah and the United Arab Emirates. So welcome on to the Morning Majlis. A bit of Boxing Day vibes it is. Lots of test cricket to look forward to on this particular day. Uh, but yes, we're celebrating all things festivities over here. It's been beautiful in terms of the weather conditions. The roads are much clearer, which is really nice to see. This is probably the last week before the big rush begins in the new year. And I think this is the holiday holiday season where a lot of people will be planning on what to do uh, for the uh, New Year's break. Are you travelling abroad? Are you are you doing something special? Some people would want to max out their annual leaves before the year ends so that it becomes a little bit better for them uh, or they've maxed, or they've used up all the leaves uh, that they were entitled to for this year. So, so much has been going on. December is a month, very chilled out month. Um, it's not been on the news front, though, so that's why the Morning Majlis is here for you to uh, discuss the top stories that are shaping the headlines across the globe. Now, we'll be talking to you about the winter storm that's taking place in the United States and it also affected Canada. Uh, so that's going to be one element. We'll obviously be catching up with the the festive weekend we've had. A lot of people have exchanged gifts, have come together. It's a, it's a moment of togetherness. It's a moment to celebrate with family. It's amazing to see how different cultures uh, have been celebrating one specific day and one specific occasion in, in different forms and different fashion. But it's all the spirit of togetherness. That's the main message out there. It's the time when people come together and celebrate their own families, the the, 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 the the feeling of belonging. And that's what really is so special about this occasion. So we'll be talking to you a little bit about uh, what's been happening, what has happened, and how the world has celebrated uh, the Christmas break. And, of course, we'll be looking at uh, some of the big developments uh, surrounding that, especially the first speech by... King Charles as a monarch over the Christmas period. It's something that people in the UK were used to listening to the Queen during a, a, one of those um, live broadcasts or, or those uh, spe- speech to, uh, the uh, communication with the general public through that uh, 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 produced piece, but now it was King Charles. So we'll be uh, catching up with that. And of course, uh, some not so very pleasant news emerging out of Paris. So that's going to be one of the big discussions of the programme. But apart from that, looking at local developments, we finally crowned our Munshid winner for this season here in the Emirate of Sharjah. Uh, we'll be catching up with that development, of course, and uh, we'll be looking at some of the sporting headlines, especially with Messi extending his contract with uh, uh, PSG. Uh, Pakistan and New Zealand are heading on for their first test match uh, and uh, their tour of Karachi to an extent uh, for this entire a bilateral series that's taking place and of course the Sharjah Children's Theatre Festival is in full swing and how many people ventured over to the Marib June so much to discuss so much to gather we'll be back after some more musical entertainment continuing the discussions here on the Morning Majlis Pulse 95, 95. the heart of Sharjah 
Well, since we're fast approaching the new year, it's actually in a week time or less. Um, it's very important to remind everyone of the UAE's new unemployment insurance scheme. It happens to be a mandatory program that all Emirati and foreign employees in the public and private sector, they must subscribe to uh, starting January 1st, in fact. And that is according to the Ministry of Human Resources and Emeritization. So it was announced back in May, the Social Security Support Program. And it's a financial safety net that will pay Emiratis and residents a cash sum for three months in case they lose their jobs. So the system, it will ensure the sustainability of a decent life, of course, for uh, Emiratis and residents uh, during their unemployment period. And it will definitely reduce business risks at all times, at all places here in the country. Um, the ministry, they signed this agreement with nine insurance companies and they will set up the framework for the unemployment insurance scheme. And they've already released uh, details about the, the program, including how much it will cost and um, how much employees will pay for it themselves. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the big thing mm. of the year 2023. Um, and, you know, it sounds so strange, 2023, to be honest. It's just like the, the figure itself, the 2022 rolled so nicely on the tongue and just accepted the year. But now it's 2023. Right. I cannot imagine this. But yes, uh, there's going to be news, of course. Uh, so there's going to be the uh, the unemployment insurance scheme. So there's two categories. First is covering the people who earn a basic salary. Remember, there's basic salary of 16,000 dirhams or less per month. And then the second category is for workers who earn a basic salary of 16,000 dirhams or more. The insurance cost for employees earning the 16,000 or less category will be set at 50 uh, at 5 dirhams per month or 60 dirhams annually. Workers who earn a salary of 16,000 dirhams or more will be paying 10 dirhams uh, per month or 120 dirhams a year. What's the benefit is that should you lose your job. Now this is losing your job because you were terminated. Not terminated due to bad performance, but terminated because the company didn't do well, do or, well yeah. can't afford you anymore, doesn't, or wants to move around the restructuring, which restructuring. is yeah. going to be the case probably in 2023 because things are looking very, very um, bleak at the moment So because economic side of things. So uh, it's to protect you. Uh, because we've seen it during COVID, it was it's a bit of a, a challenge for a lot of companies who you know laid off their staff, and sadly a lot of people lost their lives. And then once uh, well, once you've lost your uh, livelihood, of once you've lost your work, how can you pay your bills? And then this is where uh, you will be compensated. The value, the total value of the monthly cash sum will not exceed ten thousand dirhams for the first category of employees, and for the second category of employees, it's going to be. Uh, 20,000 dirhams uh, but that's going to be for a set amount of time um, so it's a maximum of three months camp compensation will be paid within two weeks from the date of claim and capped at a maximum of three months per claim so this initiative should help you know a yeah. potential person who's lost a job um, to 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 pay off their, their bills for the three months and survive. Yeah, but it's important to to remind everyone that the the, the salary, the monthly salary that will be paid for the unemployed person, um, it will be calculated at a rate of sixty percent of the basic salary. So, for example, if you earn like let's say a basic salary of ten thousand dirhams per month, and you lose your job, you will receive sixty percent of that for three months 
or 6,000 dirhams every single month for three months. So that's uh, for three months, about 18,000. Um, so how do you receive this in unemployment compensation if you lose your job? So if you lose your job, you must submit their... Um, you must just sub submit the claim through three approved claim channels, either the insurance pools e-portal or the smart application, or you can just call the center within three days from the date of your unemployment. And then the compensation will be paid within two weeks from the date of that claim, the day that you call, uh, and it's going to be capped at a maximum of three months per claim. And again, the people who are eligible for this are employees uh, uh, for the jobless payment if they have worked and subscribed for at least 12 months to the insurance program as long as they have not been dismissed for uh, disciplinary reasons or because they resigned. So if you resign, that's also not the case. Uh, employees who work on a commission basis may also subscribe to the scheme. However, insured employees are not eligible for the payment if they have left the country or they have already started a new job. So, but again, it's this is not mandatory for everyone who works here in the UAE to subscribe to this insurance program. It's optional, I guess. Um, but it's very important to remind everyone that it will start on the 1st of January. You can subscribe to that. And you have to have at least, um, if you know, you have to have subscribed to it for at least one year before your unemployment happens. Yeah, Ben. To be eligible. That's very true. And, you know, you know, a lot of people will be thinking, oh, it's similar to what these uh, banks offer as a credit shield or whatever. But this is the federal government this is government. offering. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, a bit more reliable, a bit more uh, trustworthy for sure. But I mean, not to say the banks are not trustworthy, but, you know, you never sort of want to rely on a bank to help you out when, you, when it's time for need, because when they need the money, they need you. So... Uh, so you never know. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think it's a very nice safety net that's out there. It's a very important one. And uh, it's a sort of a scheme that exists in other parts of the globe. So it's wonderful to see that it's now going to be initiated here in the United Arab Emirates. Um, so, so that's one. That's what. That's amazing to see that this is going to be launched. But yes, 2023 is going to come with full of new stories. It's going to be COP28 that we'll be counting down to. I will not be surprised if we have a new anthem to celebrate COP28 uh, and count down to it. And uh, we're really, really excited to see what's going to be happening in the year ahead. How excited are you for the year ahead? Drop us a message on 4215. We'd love to hear from you. Up next, we talk to you about King's Speech uh, in the UK. What's happening? All of this is going to be discussed right here on The Morning Majlis. The Heart of Georgia. With the Morning Majlis, Pulse 95. Yeah, join the conversation with the Morning Majlis and uh, usually over the festive holiday and festive period or Christmas message is something that we're always looking forward to. In the UK, it's always been at the Queen Elizabeth uh, II's address, but now it's King Charles who made his first speech as monarch uh, during the Christmas Day message. Now, his message circulated a lot and paid a lot of tribute to his mother and also paid tribute to the emergency services workers in particular and those who uh, who despite uh, um, 
the challenges continue to serve their the community and also uh, highlighted uh, great anxiety and hardship at this period as and pay and also pay tributes to those who struggle to pay their bills and keep their families fed and warm. Indeed, he did highlight the cost of living crisis and the great anxiety and hardship of so many people struggling to pay their bills and um, to keep their families fed and warm in their first Christmas broadcast or in this uh, first Christmas broadcast of his uh, as King. Uh, But in his message uh, with the nation, of course, and the grip of economic woes and against the backdrop of the war in Ukraine, uh, uh, King Charles dedicated a major part of his broadcast to those helping to ease uh, the plight of others. And uh, we saw also during the speech footage of, of food banks and meals being distributed to the needy, uh, and uh, they were featured prominently as he praised the wonderfully kind people who had donated food uh, or their time to others. And um, he also addressed those of all faiths and, and, and none. He said religious communities, they were among those helping others in financial difficulties. So he praised the volunteers, he praised the charity workers, the healthcare workers and others who had stepped up to help in times of adversity. And on his central theme of selfless dedication, as he said, um, it could be seen, as he said, quote unquote, in our armed forces and emergency services who work tirelessly to keep us all safe. He said, we said it or we see it in our health and social care professionals, our teachers and indeed all those working in public service. Um, whose skill and commitment are at the heart of our communities. So at this time of great anxiety and hardship, uh, be it for those around the world facing conflict, famine or natural disaster, or for those at home finding ways to pay their bills and keep their families fed and warm, we see it in the humanity of people throughout our nations and the Commonwealth who so readily respond to the plight of others. I particularly want to pay tribute to those um, wonderfully kind people who generously give food or donations or that most precious commodity of all their time to support those around them in greatest need. Together with the many charitable organizations which do so, um, uh, and they do such extraordinary work in the the most difficult circumstances. So... Uh, he shared, of course, a profound impact. Uh, his his own faith uh, shared the the profound impact on him. Of, of also, he visited the Church of of uh, Nativity in in Bethlehem some years ago, and uh, he's he's always there to celebrate Christmas with everyone, especially around the world, not just in the UK. So um, yeah, this was a very very uh, personalized speech, I must say. Um, and it w- I kind of saw his humanitarian side within the speech. It was, he wasn't just praising uh, those people or or rem- remembering his his late mother, but also uh, he showed that that side of him. Yeah, I mean, he's got the Prince's Trust, so that's where he was very very involved. He was very heavily involved as uh, as the uh, Prince of Wales, looking after the communities and doing those co- and and uh, talking about those those causes. And this tradition of his king's speech goes back to about ninety years. 
First time it was delivered on the radio uh, by King George V in 1932. And then the first televised broadcast of the speech was presented by Queen Elizabeth II, late Queen Elizabeth II in 1957. This time round, it's King Charles, first uh, as monarch, doing this uh, Christmas broadcast and delivered a speech standing up uh, rather than behind a desk. And his theme looked at more current social issues. So let's listen uh, to uh, King Charles himself in his own voice uh, about what he spoke spoke about as we uh, uh, as, as, as part of his Christmas message uh, yesterday. We see it in our health and social care professionals, our teachers and indeed all those working in public service whose skill and commitment are at the heart of our communities. And at this time of great anxiety and hardship, be it for those around the world facing conflict, famine, or natural disaster, or for those at home finding ways to pay their bills and keep their families fed and warm. We see it in the humanity of people throughout our nations and the Commonwealth who so readily respond to the plight of others. I particularly want to pay tribute to all those wonderfully kind people who so generously give food or donations, or that most precious commodity of all, their time, to support those around them in greatest need. Together with the many charitable organizations which do such extraordinary work in the most difficult circumstances. Our churches, synagogues, mosques, temples, and gurdwaras have once again united in feeding the hungry, providing love and support throughout the year. So that was King Charles uh, delivering a speech yesterday uh, during the uh, Christmas period, and that was a very, very special broadcast and uh, nicely delivered uh, by King Charles himself. Well, stay with us here on the programme. We've got the business headlines uh, lined up for you, courtesy of Aisha Al-Mazmi, and we shall continue the discussions on the Morning Majlis up next. Uh, after that, after some more musical entertainment for you, uh, we'll be looking at the uh, blizzard and the weather conditions over in the United States, in North America in particular, uh, with also Canada affected by it. And uh, we'll also be looking at the new COVID-19 variant concerns over in China. So a bit of an international outlook here on the program. So that's going to be after the business headlines. Join the conversation with the Morning Majlis. Pulse 95. All right, this is just in news emerging from China. Uh, breaking news. Uh, China sent 47 aircraft across the median line of the Taiwan Strait, and this happens to be its largest incursion into Taiwan's air defense zone in recent times or in recent months because Beijing is stepping up efforts to normalize aggressive military operations around the self-ruled island of Taiwan. Uh, so the incursions, they were made by 42 710, 711, uh, sorry, J, J10, J11, J16, and Su-30 fighter jets, uh, two Y-8 maritime patrol aircraft, a KJ-500 early warning aircraft, as well as CH-4 and also a WZ-7 military drone. It added that a total of 71 Chinese aircraft, they were spotted around this island and that Taiwan's military, they have also 
uh, responded by tasking combat air patrol aircrafts, uh, also Navy vessels and land-based missile systems. So the flights parts of a, it's kind of a part of a so-called strike drill, according to China's military. They follow uh, naval exercises by a Chinese aircraft carrier group in the Western Pacific, close to Japan. Uh, and this happened actually on Friday. Uh, China's ruling Communist Party views Taiwan, as we know, as a it's a democratically governed island of 24 million people, and, and they view it as part of its territory, despite having never controlled it. It has long vowed to kind of reunify the island with the Chinese mainland by force, if necessary, of course. Um, so tensions, they have been surrounding Taiwan um, and they have increased a lot this year. Um, a visit to the island by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi happened back in August, and that prompted fury from the Communist Party and also an immediate flurry of military exercises. Yep, and uh, looking at the situation on uh, the year 2023, to be honest, it's uh, the last thing we want is another bit of a conflict. So eyebrows raised over this moment, of course. Uh, but apart from that, um, the big challenge is what's going to happen with the zero COVID policy of China? Because uh, obviously that policy is affecting the oil markets, it affects the world economy and affects the situation in the country as a whole. Scientists at the moment don't know, but worry that might happen when it comes to a fresh new variant of COVID-19. China has a population that is very large, very limited immunity, and that seems to be the setting in which we may see an explosion of a new variant. Now, this is a, a, a quote by Dr. Stuart Campbell-Ray, an infectious disease expert at John Hopkins University, something that we haven't heard in a very long time, because we used to refer to their COVID-19 map during the 2020 and 2019 era. Uh, the country of 1.4 billion has been largely abandoned with its zero COVID policy. Overall reported vaccination rates are high. Booster levels are lower, especially amongst older people. Um, domestic vaccines have proven less vaccine less effective against serious infection uh, than the Western-made uh, messenger RNA versions. So that's one thing that's been highlighted by the scientists. Uh, we know that Tesla has announced plans to hold production at its Shanghai plant as well. So it's very interesting to see what's happening, especially when it comes to uh, the COVID-19 situation over in China. But what we do know is that it is going to be an area of focus. A lot of countries will be looking at uh, China and seeing how that country is reacting in the year 2023. And that's going to play a role in the global geopolitics situation. But now what we'll do is we'll take a bit of a breather. We don't want to talk too much about COVID-19 because we want to keep it in the past because we weren't a big fan of it. Uh, but one thing is for sure is climate change. That's going to be a very, very dominant or dominating conversation for the year 2023 because UAE is going to host the COP28 and uh, there's going to be a lot of talk of climate change and speaking about the effects of climate change, the weather situation over in the United States. That's not looking good. We've seen some flooding in, in, in Saudi Arabia as well, Mecca and Jeddah with the, the rains that are happening. Uh, so we're going to be keeping a focus on that as well for the time being. So stay with us here on the program. That's going to be a conversation up next, right after the traffic update as well. You're listening to The Morning Majlis only on Pulse 95. 
from the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. Pulse 95. Something to talk about. The Morning Majlis, talking the stories that are shaping headlines. This is Pulse 95. Well, more than one million Americans and Canadians, they have faced uh, Christmas Day without power as a massive winter storm. It continues to uh, pummel North America. So we've uh, we've heard about this bomb cyclone uh, when atmospheric pressure plummets. It has brought snow, uh, strong winds and freezing temperatures to the uh, North uh, American region. Nearly 250 million people um are affected as we speak and at least 19 deaths they have been linked to the storm that has extended more than 2,000 miles from Quebec to Texas. Thousands of flights they have been canceled during the festive period because of this. The western U.S. state of uh, Montana it's actually the worst hit by this cold uh, weather uh, with temperatures dropping to below negative 50 Fahrenheit. Um, so that's a lot. And near whiteout conditions, they have been reported in Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan as well. And in the city of Buffalo in New York State, uh, the U.S. National Weather Service, they reported zero-mile visibility. And so also in the Pacific Northwest, uh, some residents, uh, they ice skated on frozen streets in Seattle and Portland as well. We've seen also coastal flooding um, has been seen in, in, in America's northeastern New England region. Uh, and that's keeping also communities uh, in very, very um, alerting shape, uh, let's just say. And everybody is on alert right now. Everybody is staying home. Uh, even the usually milder southern states of Florida and um, Georgia, they're also experiencing hard freeze warnings as well. Yeah, look, the situation is quite dire and very close to Canada for the United States and Buffalo in particular, uh, where New York State Governor said this will go down in history as Buffalo's most devastating storm. It is like going to a war zone. Vehicles along the sides of the road are shocking, very dangerous, uh, life-threatening situation. Twelve deaths have been confirmed in Erie County, with some victims found dead in cars or even snowbanks. Storm-related deaths were also reported in Vermont, Ohio, Missouri, Wisconsin, Kansas, and uh, Colorado. And South Florida's temperatures also dropped to low. Um, the western U.S. state of Montana is the worst hit by the cold, with temperatures dropping to minus 45 degrees Celsius. In Canada, the provinces of Ontario and Quebec are bearing the brunt of the storm. Uh, about uh, 120,000 customers in Quebec were without electricity yesterday. And uh, it's it's very worrying in terms of what's, what's happening and uh, it's terrible weather conditions. And it is a big freeze that is gripping North America at the moment. And uh, it is something that is worth uh, looking at. And uh, Buffalo is uh, under siege as death toll is rising. At least 34 people have now been confirmed dead so far in, in terms of what's happened. More than 2,100 flights across the country were cancelled on Sunday afternoon and according to Flight Tracker, uh, Flight Aware, uh, uh, nearly 6,000 flights were cancelled on Christmas Eve. Uh, the National Weather Service said that B- Buffalo Niagara International Airport accumulated 109 cents.
centimeters of snow on Sunday morning. So we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on the big freeze over in North America. But for the time being, we'll uh, take a bit of a breather. We've got the news headlines as well, courtesy of Aisha Al-Mazmi. Uh, the morning majlis shall return right after the news headlines, uh, where we will bring uh, shift the focus to the Emirate of Sharjah. What's happening here? Events. Uh, celebrations as well. We've also got the Munshid uh, winner that was crowned uh, yesterday evening. All of this is going to be discussed on the programme. So stay with us on the Morning Majlis. We shall be right back continuing the discussions on the Morning Majlis. You're listening to Pulse 95. It's the Morning Majlis. Pulse 95.